Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope something in the next hour brings you light and helps you move forward. What does it mean to walk in beauty? Well, my guest on today's show is Shan Vanderleek. She believes that when we create an intimate relationship with the goodness of all creation, we truly can walk in beauty. She's here with wisdom to help us shift our paths to that deeper connection with beauty and also to help us transform our lives so that we can walk in beauty every day. Are you ready to meet her? Shan Vanderleek is a transformation goddess, lifelong media expert, published author, award-winning podcaster, and voiceover talent. She's the author of Life on Your Terms and co-author of four best-selling books for women. Shan produces the Divine Feminine Spotlight podcast and co-hosts the Anxiety Slayer podcast that reaches an audience of more than two and a half million people. Shan loves to teach women to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of reclaiming their feminine sovereignty. She's the creator of the Goddess Talk Sessions, a free online event which begins this month on September 21st. Find out more about Shan and her work at transformationgoddess.com and goddesstalksessions.com. Shan, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hey, Karen. Thank you for inviting me back on your program. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. Now you are a listener favorite. So congratulations, you're a listener favorite. Um, and I love, I love to connect with you. For those who maybe haven't heard you before, can you share a little bit of your story, how you got where you are? Oh my goodness, I sure can. Let's see. Well, I am just getting close to celebrating 10 years as an entrepreneur, after leaving my corporate job and television advertising behind. And it's sort of mind-blowing that it's been almost 10 years. So I come from a, a corporate background uh, and a, a position that I loved very much at the television station as a Salesforce leader and motivational trainer and uh, the bottom line gal for, for a lot of millions and millions of dollars in sales. And then my gorgeous daughter made an appearance in our lives and I decided that that kind of rat race was not going to work if I wanted to be a, a conscious and uh, present mother for her. Mm. So I give Marin a lot of credit for my transformation. That led me to start my own business, True Balance Life Coaching, which morphed into True Balance International and led to all of this great work, books and podcasts and programs and 
so many great relationships and so many wonderful women that I've mentored over the last 10 years. Mm. As I'm listening to you say that, it just, it's kind of occurring to me that you traded that one bottom line for a bottom line that has a very different basis in reality, a very different connection with you personally. Really, that is the perfect way to say it. It's, it's truly carving out a life on my own terms so that I have the spaciousness that I crave and give thanks for every day, that I can do the things that I love, that I can do so from, you know, working from my home office instead of having to go into a corporate environment. I can't remember the last time I wore a pair of pantyhose or sat <laughs> under fluorescent lights. So this is a good thing. <laughs> it is. I, I too, um, am often working from home and there, the wardrobe availability is much better when, oh, yeah, yeah mm, much, much better. Um, as you have carved out this life on your terms, as you stepped away from that, mm, doing the thing that maybe you felt like you were supposed to do, here's what I do. I grow up and I go to school and I get this job and now I do the job. You stepped out of that. What do you think? you've learned from that? What wisdom do you bring from having gone through that change? I'm asking because I talked to a guy today who was asking me, had called me to get some guidance about leaving a job and he hates the job. The job is killing him, literally making him sick. And his question was not, how do I get out? The question was, should I stay or is it okay to look for something else? And I think so many of us get stuck in what we feel we should do or the thing that we know or, look, I'm responsible for millions of dollars of sales. What will happen if I start my own business? What wisdom can you share to help people who may be feeling that same pull? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I can completely relate because making the shift and leaving my prior career was one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult choice. I ever made because I was so still so much in my ego and the position and the power and the money and the and uh, all of the things that came with it that that seemed so important at the time and I'm grateful I'm grateful for all of it I, I really am but if your job is making you sick if you are miserable if you can't fathom another day going in to wherever it is that you work, then it's, it's time to make a change. Of course, it's time to open up your options and to see what might be out there for you. Because if not, you'll continue to put up with this chronic, ugh, this sense of dread, which does lead to a lot of physical ailments. And, you know, I felt like my job was sucking my soul. And this was a job I loved. I I loved it until I didn't. And so it's okay. You have permission to take a look around and see what might be available for you. You have permission to move on and you have permission to take your time while you strategize what that might look like. You don't have to just jump. I think sometimes people who are on the edge of a big change, as I feel like this guy was who I talked to today, and maybe some of the listeners are too, when we get to the, we're standing on the edge of that big change, 
And there's a teaching that says, yes, you should trust your gut. Just jump off. You can fly. Everything will be okay. And what I tend to guide people to do is, yes, follow your gut, but also remember, remember all that practical knowledge you have. Remember your logic and your common sense and your ability to plan. What happens if we put both of those together and craft a plan? Let's build you some wings before we push you off the cliff. Right. Right. That, that, and, and again, that I can speak about that because that was my experience. I spent, I think it was a full year bridging the two worlds and, and getting things as prepared as the best way I possibly could before moving into my role as an entrepreneur, which is a very different picture than collecting a a fat paycheck and having all of my expenses covered. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, how are we going to do that? I, when I left, I hadn't bought a car since the first car I'd ever bought after college, you know, things like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things juggle. And what happens is in this, in this world that's moving so fast, we do get lost and we get stuck and we stay in these, this bumping around autopilot place where, well, you know, it's okay, it pays the bills. Or you'll hear people say, well, it pays the mortgage. You know, there's so much more to life than that. And I want as many people as possible to understand that, that they can learn the beauty way, that they can move beyond this grind. We were not sent here or we didn't choose to come here to be miserable. There's just no way you could ever get me to believe that that would be the case. Hmm. Shan, what is the, what is the beauty way? Is there beauty when we're in between? Is there, is there beauty when it, when our lives are, when our jobs are killing us and our souls are being sucked out? What is the beauty way? Well, I think that the, in, in my opinion, it, it really is creating an intimate relationship with the goodness of all creation, the great and crushing beauty that's all around us. And, and so even when we're in our darkest moments, and I can, I can close my eyes and remember how filled with fear I was. And yet, oh, there's that great, there's a great quote about um, that it was no longer comfortable to remain tight in the bud. I, I can't, I can't uh, say it perfectly, but you get to a point where there just simply is no other choice than to give birth to what your new life is going to be. And in that, there is beauty. So even in the place of fear, in that in-between bridge where we sometimes think, oh my goodness, am I crazy? Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Do I really have the courage to make this choice? And then, oh, what might this look like if I do? And if you wonder about that or if you still feel some pessimism around that, all you need to do is talk to all, well, you can't talk to all of them, but you can reach out to a number of people who have gone before you and who have made these career transitions, who have left their jobs or who have moved on from relationships that were not healthy or who have moved their physical you know, home because maybe they were going to be healthier in a warmer climate or whatever the case may be. They're out there. People are out there that have gone before you. Look for them. They're role models everywhere. There's sometimes when you get in that 
place where you're maybe not seeing the beauty, where you're not feeling that connection, and it feels like everything comes down to what you're being forced to do. I think we forget to look around, and it's. I was just watching. I've become um, fascinated with like tiny homes and RVs and that kind of stuff because it to me more like a secret clubhouse because I don't think I could ever live in that way. But I found this cool thing on YouTube with a woman who had left her apartment and downsized to be living in a little trailer. And the video series was about the changes that she made and what she took with her and what she left behind and what it was like to move into that setting. Those little things like that can be fabulous little inspirations for the changes that we want to make in our life. If she can do it, maybe I could try it too. Right. And the thing is, is and even if you don't build your secret playhouse, maybe she inspires you to only keep the things that you really, truly love and to donate the rest or to, you know what I mean? Like to, yeah. because I think that we, so many of us have so much we really need all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my mom about this. I was on vacation with her last week and, and talking about downsizing. And she's a, a collector of sorts. Um, and she has just, wow, Karen, so much. And I said, you know, I'm an only child. And I'm going to inherit all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're not using. What do you, you know, what, we laughed and laughed and laughed. I said, Really? Talk about this. What what do we need? What are we what are we uh, attached to? And, and can we let go of it? Can we do that inventory to open up for something new? And I believe that when we share stories, when we share experiences, just like you sharing that story about your mom or the woman sharing her experience of downsizing to live in the trailer, when we share stories, there's power in the story, but then there's also the power in the way that people connect with it, right? We all connect with stories from our individual perspective and sure. that coming together around story is deeply powerful. It really is. It gives you that, um, it just, it helps you feel at home in whatever you might be looking at, that there's another perspective. There's another way. There's, there's another, uh, choice, the choice points. It's true. And I think, when we when we start to feel that we're starved for choice or that there is no choice or everyone else got the choice but I didn't get one, I think it choice can seem like a luxury, just like beauty can seem like a luxury. When luxury, when the truth is that we are we're soaking in it, aren't we? There's nothing we but really, choice, nothing but we beauty. Really, I'm sorry to step on your words, but I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that there really is nothing but choice, and walking in beauty is something where. You can define it any way you wish, but to when I think of it, it's being able to express my voice. Chances are that's the same for you as well. As, as much time as you spend interviewing and on the radio and your podcast and all of the things that you do, expressing beauty through teachings and writings and podcasting. And uh, when I think about the personal practice that we can create around just noticing I've talked to you before about joy spotting. One of my very favorite practices is to come up with a list of a minimum of 10 things every day. And usually there's more than that, that, that stopped me in my tracks. The hummingbird that came to the window, the sunset, the, the smell of this incredible tropical plant that I 
nourished and loved all winter long that is blooming now and has so many blooms and smells so good I can barely stand it, you know? <laughs> Those are the things. That that is really being in that in that beauty way, having this great reverence for uh these things like this this silly tropical plant. And all of that invites us to take time to be aware. I know you have written beautifully about nine sacred ways to walk in beauty. And one of the first ways is that awareness, stopping to notice. Mm-hmm. It really is because especially when we're in these uh, very stressful careers, I remember being the person that I didn't see anything in my peripheral, uh, peripheral vision. I, it was straight ahead. It was put, you know, and maybe not even straight ahead, put your head down and get the job done, right? So I was missing out on driving by Lake Michigan and, and the flowers blooming and the, the beauty, the great and crushing beauty all around. And, and I'm thankful to my husband for helping me come more into awareness and to martial arts and to yoga. All of, all of those practices really helped me become more mindful and uh, another piece of awareness is being mindful of that self-talk, the, the inner critic, the, the words in your head that chances are are not even your own and often are not even true. They're so powerful, though, aren't they? I mean, you've known me for mm-hmm. a long time. I've got, I have very powerful negative self-talk that still with all the gentleness and work and lifting and releasing and healing, I still get invited into conversation with that almost every day. Every day I've got a choice. Do I listen to that? Wait a minute. Did I value that again? Is that important? Or can I release that now into this moment? That self-talk can be really powerful. It really can. And and to continue practicing is really what it's all about, to, to bust yourself as much as you, off, as you can when you start to slide into that old pattern or that, you know, content that that maybe you knew for a long, long time before you were able to, to really break that chain. It, it pops back up again. And each time we practice, we do. We raise our level of consciousness. And that allows us to take in more beauty. Another one of the nine sacred ways that you have talked about, or teaching about, is about the power of prayer. That's something that I am strongly not only engaged in, but believe in, promote widely. Um, Can you say a little bit about prayer in your practice and also how you see it changing women's lives? Mm, I sure can. I I grew up in a Catholic household and, uh, and everybody on my mother's side of the family was very, very Catholic. And I moved away from Catholicism as an, as an adult. But there are still practices that uh, that I have kept um, from that upbringing. But you know, to for me, the way that I walk in beauty and pray is to give thanks to great spirit, universe, angels, guides, God, goddess, whatever works for you. My husband says, if it's a potato chip bag and it works for you, who cares? <laughs> you know, but as long as long as you've got this this. Uh, source, right? The source energy. And so I like to mix things up in my spiritual practice. I love listening to gorgeous music to lift my spirit. I love to recite mantras with my mala beads. I love 
I love the Dow. I have a copy available often and have uh, really enjoyed that over the years. Uh, occasionally you'll hear me, well, you won't hear me, but it's interesting when I get into a, a, a jam or a situation that the Hail Mary or Lord's Prayer will come up. And it's because of that upbringing, you know, it's this natural place that I, that I might go. But our listeners might prefer praying in, at a church or with a rosary or reading the Bible or the Torah or the Koran, or they might not want any of that. And they just, their, their place of, their otherly place or their power place or their prayer place might be a, a gorgeous um, place that they visit. You know, I was just at, uh, in Bliss, Michigan where my mother lives, and there's a place called Wilderness Park or Wilderness State Park, and it is an otherly place. It is one of my power spots. It's where I've written books, and it's where I've created some great poetry and wonderful work, and it's where I've just been able to connect in a way that there is no question that, you know, that I'm as close to source as I could possibly be. And that bringing that awareness, bringing prayer, bringing openness into an otherly place like that. I love that. I'm not sure I've ever heard that before. An otherly place. That's a beautiful way to kind of help yourself focus, help yourself open up. No doubt. No doubt. And, I, and, and I'm sure we're getting to the bottom of the hour, but I do have a story about otherly places that I think that your listeners will love to hear. We've, we have five minutes for a story about an otherly place. Oh, go, right. baby, go. Well, and this can kind of tie into um, the next piece as, as well, um, the stewardship of the earth. When, when I went to wilderness, and I went many times while I had been visiting my folks, uh, I said a prayer, and I invited in all of my angels and guides and everybody who's loved me for always and you know, called in the directions and just was so present and had been the last time I was at this gorgeous lake shore where uh, I saw more loons that I could count and loon feathers were floating toward me. And I thought, oh, it would be so beautiful. I was done praying and I did a little blessing of the water ritual on my own because um, I have some wonderful holy water from several different sources. And I thought, ooh, well, I'd like to bless this body of water. And, and again, it's not because I know how to bless the body of water, Karen. It's because <laughs> I thought it might be a beautiful thing to do. And the next thing I know, I'm reaching down for this pretty stone, and a loon feather comes floating to me, right? There aren't any loons anywhere around. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I kept <laughs> taking, I was taking a walk down the beach, and then there's the swan feather, and swans are very important to me, and it's a big medicine animal for me. And uh, and and it just continued, right? Mm. And it was just one of those, and it was just sign, 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 and all I could do was giggle, like big smile on me. If anyone saw me, they would have thought I was a stark raving lunatic, because <laughs> I, I was by myself, nobody's there. <laughs> and it was just this way of giving thanks for this clean water and this air to breathe and the availability to swim in, in Lake Michigan in this area called Sturgeon Bay and think about the, the reverence of this space, you know, the reverence I have for this space 
and mm, oh, what are we going to leave? What are we going to leave behind for our children and for the next seven generations? And how are we doing our part to care for the planet? And part of that is prayer. Yeah. And modeling that behavior too, modeling that taking your children into nature, taking your children out to be with joy in an otherly place, teaching our kids to pray in whatever way, whatever in my tradition they might call the prayer of the heart, right? How do we make it so that everything we do is a prayer, is a response to the divine connection within us we what we leave for those who come after us our generation and the next seven generations we have to model that we're invited to model that it's our honor to model that Mm. yes it is (laughs) now we're getting down to the bottom of the hour this is a great place for me to say that you're listening to out of the fog with karen hager and you're listening to my conversation with shan Vanderleek. Shan has put together a free online event that begins on September 21st and runs through October 1st of this year, 2015. This is the Goddess Talk Sessions. This is a chance for you to be part where a group of 16 luminaries, healers, teachers have come together to talk about their experiences, talk about how they walk in beauty. And I invite you, if you're listening, to head over to goddesstalksessions.com. You can sign up for this. It is absolutely free. It's a wonderful resource to help you walk in beauty. When we come back after this break, I'm going to talk with Shan a little bit more about other ways in which we can walk in beauty. We'll touch on many exciting things and we'll be right back after this. Hey Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude! What happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six... Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude... There's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong I'm home and I love it I'm home where I belong It's always nice to come home But these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes Fortunately, help is available Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Where 
Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Sassy! Sassy! This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg! Ha ha! I win! Whoa! Ah! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well! I'm wet! What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl! What? You'd rather use this time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold! People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? What? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What do you say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm in conversation with Shan Vanderleek. We're talking about nine sacred ways that you can change your life, that you can begin to walk in beauty. Shan is the creator of the free online event, the Goddess Talk Sessions, which begin on September 21st, 2015. You can get more information. You can sign up free. Go do it now. I've done it. Go do it. It's at goddesstalksessions.com. And of course, I always invite your feedback, your questions, your musings about what you're hearing on the air today. You can always reach me through my website, which is karenhager.com. What are some of the ways in which you'd like to learn to walk in beauty? How can you, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what's going on, how can you allow more beauty, more awareness, more prayer, more care for the earth into your life? That's all that is at KarenHager.com. Feel free to contact me and let me know what you're thinking. Now, Shan, we were talking just as we went to the break about your experience in that otherly place, the uh, the need to leave something behind, that we're building a, a legacy here. Things are changing, and it feels to me important that the, the good guys... Um, I, and I count myself as one of the good guys, that we kind of lead the way in terms of opening people up, showing them that beauty, showing that divine connection. One of the other sacred ways that you talk about is about creative expression, how we can, through allowing that inner voice to, to speak, to express itself, also connect with beauty. What happens when people tell you that the things they create aren't beautiful or that they're not creative? <laughs> It's amazing how many times I hear that, and especially from women who are considering releasing their golden handcuffs, you know, unlocking (laughs) those golden handcuffs, because they've been so busy, they've been so uh, wrapped up in the masculine energy of, of things that they've forgotten about the creative spirit. They've decided that they're not a creator or not an artist or what have you. And I just, and I just laugh and then uh, teach them how to bring that creativity through either through photography or dance or music or something that ties them back to a memory that they might have playtime as a kid, things that they love to do that fueled their creativity back then. Mine 
I was certain that my creativity was lost. I remember when I started taking uh, pictures, lots of landscape photography. I love where I live, and there's so many beautiful scenes to capture, whether they're micro or macro scenes. And some of my first photographs, first captures, really blew my mind. I thought, wow, where did that come from? I I actually have an eye. I'm a pretty darn good amateur photographer. And I just didn't know it because I didn't really make time. I I started painting. I'm doing all kinds of things. I took my first round of belly dancing classes, Karen. Oh, that's great. These are things like I would have never thought to do any of this stuff. But what's happening is, is the more you allow yourself to create and play, the more you want to. And we come from divine creation. So how is it possible that we couldn't be anything other than the embodiment of a creator? Oh, I love that. You know, there's that embarrassment sometimes that people feel. And when I say that people feel, I mean, you know, me um, Mm. feel when we can create, when we can show something that we've made. I love to knit. I love to do all kinds of other little things. And there's that embarrassment. And, And yet, as we sit in that embarrassment, what we're missing is that we are already known. We're already seen. Right? That divine love, that divine creator that you're speaking about, that's in us all the time. And so when we sit and I'm embarrassed that you might see the sock that I made and think it wasn't very good, I'm really missing the point. That sock can be an exuberant expression of my connection with the divine or the way I like the colors to go together or the fuzziness of the yarn or whatever it was. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. Right. I know that your photography is a beautiful, you do have a beautiful eye. For listeners who'd like to, I know you post some photographs on Facebook. Is there a way that they can, people can come and see what it is, your, your photographs? When, when you say walk in beauty, you have taken some beautiful photographs of Lake Michigan yeah. that just, oh, gorgeous. Yeah, I, you know, I actually have a, a photo album on Facebook, my personal account, my Shan Vanderleek account, uh, that is available for people that I'm connected with and not and not. So if somebody wanted to go and see, there's some of my very favorite captures, and they, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of, of captures later, <laughs> and I just never ever grow tired of you know that opportunity to get that to catch the light to catch the movement to to be in that space of being able to capture something that is such a gorgeous, you know, to, to everyone it's a different expression, isn't it? You know, yeah. so to be able to collect it and, and share it, and this is another way that I share walking in beauty. And even though you live in a remarkably beautiful part of the world, it's true even so that even if all I could do was stay in this little radio studio where I am right now, that if you gave me a camera, I bet I could find, given the time and the inspiration and the openness, things of beauty all around me, even in this space. You don't have to live in an astonishing landscape with mind-blowing, heart-stopping vistas around every corner to find that beauty. No question. It's amazing. The things that I can find um, are all you know, all around at any time, and my husband will tease me about that often. Like, oh my, <laughs> what even made you think of that, or how did you see that, or there was some sort of shadow 
on the wall from a bottle in the window and the sun was coming through and it was doing this thing and it was like, you know, and again, that goes back to awareness, right? Yeah. Being aware of that. So. Mm. And being awake, wanting to, not just wanting to express, but maybe wanting to go further with it. That idea of, of sacred living, that idea of connecting our path and, and going forward, expanding, not just kind of sitting still where we are, but, but growing, that's important too. And maybe that's part of how you can keep seeing because you're curious, you're looking for it. Absolutely. I am more curious. I have, I'm the most curious person you probably ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sacred living, you know. And again, uh, how do we bring in sacred living? We, we, uh, we begin the day with gratitude. We end the day with gratitude. We uh, honor our body as much as we possibly can. We rest when we when we're tired. We drink water and keep ourselves hydrated. We surround ourselves with with beauty, whatever beauty is to you. And it just goes on and on and on. With practice, your entire life can become this sacred dance, this sacred, gorgeous, sacred space. That's that idea of, to me, that's very closely connected with prayer. That idea is that your life can become a prayer, can become a response and a question and a conversation and silence and that your life can become somebody I'm not going to remember now who said it to me. Somebody was saying something about how as we breathe, we are breathing in the divine and being breathed by the divine. And it just, it's such a beautiful, I'm not saying it as beautifully as they did, but it's such a beautiful idea of experiencing our lives, all of our lives like that, not just the parts that are amazing and magical and sparkly, but every single bit from getting up in the morning to going to bed at night, all of that can be lived in that way. I agree. I'm just sitting here with a big grin on my face. Oh, yep, 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 <laughs> oh I'm yep. glad I made you grin. <laughs> you know, the other piece here is self-love, is practicing compassionate self-care and self-love. Mm. And that, again, that goes back to, we talked a little bit earlier about taming that inner voice, that inner critic, and cleaning up our self-talk, and carving out time to rest and relax and play, especially after we give so much of ourselves away. And we love to, you know, I love to support other people and, and be uh, a, a giver as much as I can, but I also have to allow myself to receive what I need so I can continue to be in that flow, so I can show up in the best possible, healthiest light so that, uh, that I can do all of these things that I love to do and make an impact and, change the world one you know we change the world one smile at a time and and we better start with smiling at ourselves and loving ourselves that's true compassion is is such a difficult hurdle for a lot of us who grew up feeling like we were meant to do everything give everything provide everything for other people and and we didn't matter that much and so the idea of compassion and how you can still be in service, but it can be compassionate service. I think that's hard for people to get their minds around sometimes. Yeah, I think it is too. You've got to, when you, well, look at the next piece that we're going to talk about is, is community. 
And I know that um, there are people in my family who love to foster uh, a volunteer mentality. You know, the, the, my mother's the woman that will bake the brownies for the, the funeral for after church, or she'll be the one in the kitchen doing the chicken dinner for the parish or on and on, you know, people in, in my family and in her community. And then sometimes what happens is they become martyrs about it. Yeah. Right. They say yes when they really want to say no, because they've been trained to say yes, because that's what their air quote supposed to do or should do. And it's really okay to say no sometimes to show up and, and be of service and do your best, but also to understand, you know what, right now at this time, this, this time around, I'm, I'm going to step back and let somebody else step up. And there's that compassion because a non-compassionate stance is you've always done it. They're all expecting you get in there and make that chicken dinner. And right. They, and, mm. <laughs> right. And the chicken right. di- dinner cooked out of resentment or out of obligation or maybe doesn't have the same gorgeous generosity to it than a chicken dinner cooked out of love and compassion and connection with those you're cooking for. And that makes a difference. It really does. It really does. And community is such a big part of, uh, such a big part of walking in beauty, fostering healthy relationships and friendships and circling up and spending time with neighbors and friends and peers and being of service the best way that you can. You know, our, our technological umbilical cords have certainly contributed to uh, the growth of an enormous and valuable virtual community. I, I'm a part of it. But what I feel is lacking is face-to-face gatherings, mm. is friends and companions and, you know, sharing hugs and laughs and meals and really circling up with people on a regular basis. And in my community, we've just, we have some neighbors that we just love and they have two young boys that know that they're welcome at our home just about, any time that back and forth between the properties and now a new family moved in and, and they're wonderful as well. And next thing you know, we're having campfires and we're sharing recipes and we're, you know, we're, we're doing this community thing. And, and it might sound silly to, to some of our listeners today, but for me, that's fairly new. I really liked just having my own little world, my own little Shan, Tom and Marin community and everybody else, you know, stay away. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and now with you know with practice and with this understanding of how com- how important community is it's like oh you know right now i have a family staying with us that uh, that they're the place that they were supposed to stay while they were visiting fell through and they were in a lurch and they're here mm. and 5 years ago i wouldn't have i wouldn't have offered yeah and not because, you know, just because I wouldn't have been comfortable, not because it was like, no, go away, but, right. <laughs> uh, you know, but partly no, go away, because this is my safe little pod, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to open up to community and ask yourself, you know, do you know your neighbors? And how are you contributing to your community? Yeah. Well, and there's that balance where you are comfortable enough now that you can allow those people in and you're... It sounds like aware enough now that 
if you if that wasn't safe for you, you would have known to say no. But since it was okay to say yes, you said yes. That's to me that is that's beautifully compassionate to yourself, not just to them because you offered, but it's compassionate to yourself. Right on. Yeah. I know that one of the things that you're passionate about also on this path is responsibility about taking responsibility for every single choice. And sometimes I can hear people kind of come joining in with, wait a minute, every single choice, not that one, because that one was made for me. Uh Uh-uh, she made me do that. I'm not responsible for that one. Every (laughs) every single choice, Shan? Yes, every single choice. Hmm. Even Made that one that, difference. yeah. Go ahead. Even that one that I'm not responsible for, and okay, yes, <laughs> every single one. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that's part of our responsibility is to figure out what we are and what we're not responsible for. Mm. So if you're caught up in, which so many of us have had the experience of or may be a part of now, if you're caught up in a codependent relationship, you might feel responsible for another person's actions. And you're not, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's their actions. Um, if you're stepping up and being accountable for your life, then you don't have to hide behind excuses. You, you can tell the truth. You can look at a situation and say, wow, I really could have handled that better. Here's how I might do this next time. Uh, I love to journal about what I'm responsible for. And this was such a wonderful experience, I, I don't know if it was two years ago, uh, it might have been, even been through a conversation with you, Karen, you may have asked me the question, you might be the one. I could be the one. About this. <laughs> You're the one. Of what, what can I do about my situation? What am I responsible for? How can I make it better? What can I do to change where things are at? If I'm feeling responsible for another person's actions, to get right with that, and know that I'm not. Uh, all of those things is what 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 choices are we going to make, and to take responsibility for every single one of them. In doing that, I think there's an understanding that um, what's the right way to say this? In in taking responsibility for our choices, in taking responsibility for our discernment about what we may and may not do about what our choices have been and what they will be, I think we're also then relying on that energetic support, what I think of as spiritual support from, yes, our energetic support team, our angels and guides and the divine, but also from our community, also from our family, also from those around us, our dear friends, our soul family, to help us kind of carry that responsibility forward. It's hard to take responsibility sometimes when you feel like you're all alone. Mm. Yes, and and I can sympathize with that, but if you feel like you're all alone, I challenge you to look around because you're not. You are never alone. Never. You might not be physically, you know, in the presence of with somebody physically, but you are supported and you are loved and you are precious and you are still responsible, mm-hmm. even if you feel like you're all alone. 
I love it. I love it. Tell me, please, about the Goddess Talk sessions, because here's a way of creating community, bringing women together in a beautiful virtual circle. How on earth did you get the idea for this? What is it? I want to know everything, please. Oh, I'd love to share. Well, I would say that my greatest transformation came when I learned to get out of my own way and ask for support from other women, including you, Mm -hmm. and learn to circle up with soul sisters and wise women and spiritual guides. And it it just made all the difference. I got out of my own pod, right? I keep talking about this pod because apparently I'm an alien, but there's no shock there. That's for another uh, show. We'll have you back on. So so last year, late last year, I dreamed of hosting a circle of wise women who have danced their dreams awake. These women are walking in beauty. They've reclaimed their feminine sovereignty, and they want to talk about it because they want to help as many women as they possibly can learn how to walk alongside of them. And I had been producing the Divine Feminine Spotlight series. I've been doing that now for, gosh, I don't know, two and a half years, and we're getting close to 50,000 listens, and and have a nice following there. And I thought, wow, let's take that experience plus this experience, <laughs> invite some some more teachers and medicine women and healers and entrepreneurs to talk about the flow of their lives and how they walk in beauty. So this is a real free-flowing conversation. This is not a sales pitch. This is not a selling event. This is women coming together to share wildly feminine conversations. And it has been my honor and pleasure to be the host of this, the hostess of this event and to really dredge up that we are not the roles that we play in our life and that we deserve to hold our heads high and that we have permission to amplify our voices and to love ourselves unconditionally. And anyway, I just, yeah. So the goddess talk sessions were born <laughs> from all of that, and I just am truly over the moon to be able to bring this forward. This has just been a labor of love. So how's it gonna how's it gonna work? How do we connect with this? How as it? I know we begin on September twenty first. How does it? How is this gonna go? So basically, what happens is you sign up and receive some gifts from our sponsors. And and thank you, Karen, for being one of our sponsors. I am. And then as each uh, conversation unfolds, you will receive an email with links to the speaker uh, uh, that's being featured as well as her love offering. And if she has anything, uh, any special offering beyond that, and you'll, you'll have plenty of time to listen in. I'm going to keep all of these calls available until the end of October 2015. I don't want anybody to be in a hurry. I'm not reselling these conversations. I'm going to keep them up so you can really dig in and take it all in. You'll receive two conversations each day, Monday through Thursday, with a wrap-up on Fridays. So many great gifts. And, and actually, you know, they're, they're just... Uh, the, the gifts alone, but the conversations are really 16 just fantastic conversations about what it means to really be in that space of 
wow, this is my life and I've created it this way and, and here's how I think of and live in beauty, in a beauty way. Mm. And if you're interested in being part of that, that's a, fr- that's a free event. There's no, no selling. There's no yucky stuff with this. You head over to goddesstalksessions.com and sign up. I now, Shan, I know you as a very uh, powerful, wise, funny coach and teacher and healer. What are some other ways that listeners can connect with you, find out more about your work, get some resources, and maybe look at working with you? Mm. They're welcome to visit me at transformationgoddess.com. And you can find me just about anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere I'm out there, as well as iTunes for my podcast. So just start there. You can also just Google Shan Vanderleek or go to the Shan Vanderleek site, and that'll get you where you want to go. But most importantly, I invite you to get to know me through the Goddess Talk sessions because, uh, wow, good stuff. <laughs> I let your passion for this really comes through, though. It's I think it's wonderful because I can hear... I hear your energy changing as you talk about this. I hear that heightened, that enthusiasm, that passion really comes through. That's a hall, to me, that's a hallmark of your work. It's a hallmark of what you do. And it's a wonderful, hmm, it's a wonderful change from, as I imagine things must have been while you were slogging away in your golden handcuffs. <laughs> so much different. And that's, that's the, the beautiful part again. You know, this was a ton of work to get this done. But I took my time and I did it on my terms and I spread it out over eight months and I asked for help and I hired help and I got to create it exactly the way that I wanted to with, with the sponsors and women that, that stepped forward and it's just, yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Fantastic. Um, Shan, thank you so much. You know that ninth sacred way is gratitude that ninth way of walking in beauty is gratitude. And so this is a great place for me to express my gratitude to you for your presence on the air here and for that gift that you're giving all of this, all of us in these 16 conversations. Thank you for being here, Shan, very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the invitation. I love joining you on your show. You are amazing. Oh, thank you very much. And now I'm blushing too. So I'm amazing. And I'm just a little rosy in the cheeks. So thank you very much. That is Shan Vanderleek. She is a transformation goddess and she is the creator of the Goddess Talk Sessions, which is a free online event that begins on September 21st. You can get more information about that and sign up at goddesstalksessions.com to connect with Shan to find out more about her work. You can reach her anywhere, anywhere on social media and also at transformationgoddess.com. And of course, I always welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback. You can connect with me through my website, karenhager.com. It's also a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.